0: Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is Abby Martin. If you don't already know, we're working full-time on our new documentary, Earth's Greatest Enemy. All the interviews we've shot for the film are very important, but they won't make the final cut of the movie. So we're releasing many of them as bonus content for everyone who's donated to make this project possible. A video version of this and all the other interviews are available at patreon.com slash empirefiles. Donations are still needed to finish the project. So visit EarthsGreatestEnemy.com for more info. And be sure to check out the new trailer we published on our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening.
1: My name is Rick Tolman, and I work for the Alaska Center for Climate Assessment and Policy here at the International Arctic Research Center on the campus of the University of Alaska Fairbanks. And I work as a climate specialist with ACAP And a lot of my work is involved in uh, doing climate outreach and providing climate-type information. And I especially focus on, on rural Alaska, where things are changing the fastest and have historically had the least access to information that is relevant to their lives and to their concerns.
0: Why is it important to look at Alaska as a case study for this environmental disturbance that we see worldwide?
1: Well, we're the, we're the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. We're, the, we're where this is happening first. And that you can learn, you, lower-latitude people, can learn from what's happening here in Alaska and the Arctic. I think over the last few years, we're starting to see some of those extreme changes Um, impacting wide areas in the mid-latitudes, whether it's the catastrophic flooding in New York City, or Germany, or China this summer, or the wildfires every year now in Western North America. Uh, But certainly here in Alaska, and the Arctic, change is well-advanced. There is no doubt that things are completely different than they used to be, and that people Institutions, organizations from individuals to indigenous tribes to oil extraction industry to s- local and state governments are having to make changes because the environment is already changed.
0: Rick, why is this area warming so many times more than the rest of the planet? Can you explain that science behind that?
1: Sure. So the Arctic and Alaska warming much faster than middle latitudes for a number of reasons. But really, the the biggest reason are changes in the frozen part of our world, changes in the sea ice. Not just how much there is, but the times of year that there is or isn't ice. The thickness of ice has decreased dramatically. So that's, that's really the gorilla in the room, if you will. Going along with that are changes in the duration of snow cover in the Arctic. And that has been declining for a long time. And again, it's a lot of it is the changes in seasonality. If you look at how much snow falls over the course of the winter, in most places in the Arctic, there's not been very much change. But it's being compressed into a shorter season. So we've got ground exposed on average, later in the fall and earlier in the summer. Those are the changes, those, are, those kinds of changes are what's really pushing the Arctic to warm much faster because even a small snow cover, even thin sea ice, have very different temperature properties than open water or bare ground. Along with that, of course, Earth's atmosphere the warmer the atmosphere, the more water vapor it can hold, and, of course, water vapor is a powerful greenhouse gas. And because that the ability of the atmosphere to hold water vapor doesn't just go up a little bit with each degree of warming, it goes up exponentially, that's a huge, huge increase in the immediate greenhouse forcing, just warming the ar- Arctic atmosphere a little bit, and that, of course, then accelerates that warming because you've got more water vapor.
0: Why is what we're seeing right now unlike anything else in geologic history?
1: Well, certainly, certainly what we're seeing now, the, the rapidity of the changes are, are really unfathomable um, at, at those kind of timescales. It's not like even humans haven't seen big changes before the end of the ice age when um, you know the bering land sea flooded you had uh, you know an area as large as the current state of texas that was land went underwater but that process took thousands of years now we're seeing changes occurring within human lifetimes it's that speed of that change that makes this wholly different
0: when was the last time that we saw co2 levels where they are today?
1: <laughs> I believe it was June 18th, uh, <laughs> 3,208 million <laughs> BC. No, it's been, it's been um, millions of years. Never in the entire existence of human species has, have CO2 levels been this high. Um, you know, we have direct measurements of CO2 levels from ice cores going back now almost, not quite, but almost a million years from Antarctica, and they're, they're nothing. Uh, like this, you have to go back uh, to before the, before the dawn of humans to find CO2 levels like this. So to say that we are in uncharted territory is um, completely accurate in this case.